MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story, they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Tuesday morning, Jude. It's a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, and of course, the DK Network. However, you're taking us in this morning. Thank you so much for making us part of it. It's Gil Alexander, it's Kelly Midlin. Numbers game live from Bar Canada at the D downtown Vegas. Uh, big show today. Not only the uh, standard guest fare of Drew Dinsick from both the Deep Dive and Bet the Edge podcast at NBC Sports Talk NFL and NBA with us, but also Jim Root from Three Man Weave Talk College Basketball. Big college basketball doubleheader. Sort of an annual. Uh, Affair tonight. We'll get his thoughts on that. And he's the guy, really, from Three Man Weave, who, you know, by the time March Madness comes around, he's like, oh, yeah, I've got Team X from, you know, November at these odds. And we're all wowing, you know, we're, we're all just amazed by what he has. We'll actually find out what those are today in the moment. Was he get an that. FAU guy last year? Will Hill was the guy on the uh, Megapod yeah, who I picked know Will FAU. I yeah. one of the three-man weavers had a, t- a long ticket. He might have. Yeah, he might have, yeah. I think one of them did. Yeah, that could be true as well. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to Pete Futek about college football. What are the possibilities that the committee won't have anything to decide? And that there'll only be four undefeateds in the end. Uh, what are the chances that that won't happen? And who's his best one-loss team? We'll talk Heisman Trophy with him as well. Uh, Kelly and I will break down Heisman Trophy uh, market. And we'll also uh, do our NFL power rankings, which strangely, I thought, became more clear this week. Yeah, than it, it did unclear. I, it, again, we always say it, it's an it's an interesting exercise because I think I came away thinking the same thing. Yeah, uh, I'd never start the show. Al- with the- although I think we could argue some teams at the bottom. The bottom is getting a little. I, that's pretty murky. What do you, bottom of the top ten, you mean? Bottom of the top ten. I see. Yeah, I, yeah. I even think that's clearer than ever. Okay. Uh, I never start the show with a tweet, but I just want to start the show with this tweet because this is from Ben McGovern this morning, just before we got on air. He says, as a Bills fan, can you give us a heads up for today's show on when the discussion of last night's game will be over? Thank you in advance. Well, Ben, this ain't the segment (laughs) for you then. Uh, Yesterday, the Denver Broncos, as seven and a half point dogs, as it turned out at the end by game time, win it outright as plus 320 money line dogs, uh, 24-22. Usually when I uh, go through the notes of a game. I don't have much highlighted when we come in here on Tuesday for a Monday night game, but there are so many little moments in this game that just need to be repeated, and we'll get to the uh, the macro on all this, but in case you missed it, oh my goodness, do we have a lot to talk about when it comes to so many different tentacles from this game, specifically the analytics folks who 
up until last night's game on this very show. We're all about the Bills, and we're all about Josh Allen. Well, the Bills are 5-5. Five and five. First play from scrimmage last night, Allen to James Cook. First play, hit by Jaquan McMillian. He fumbled it. That led to a Lutz 40-yard field goal. Next drive, Allen deep in Denver territory at the 27, intended for Gabe Davis. He whips it in there from short range. Of course, Gabe Davis can't come up with it. I think it was behind him, too. That deflects off of Davis into the hands of Justin Simmons, although the Broncos couldn't do anything with that. Um, by the way, when the Broncos went up 9 to nothing on just a beautiful play midway through the second quarter where Wilson scrambled through it just as far as he could in terms of giving Cortland Sutton a puncher's chance to catch the ball in the corner of the end zone and Sutton beautifully uh, getting the tiptoes in for a 9 to nothing lead, then Lutz doinks the PAT. Again, just keep that in mind, 9 to nothing Denver at that point. Um, and then, by the way, when Buffalo came downfield to make it 9-6, to six, they got the offsides on the PAT, so they decided correctly, when you go from the one, hey, we'll go for two now. What did they do, Kelly? They went into shotgun, and they did end up getting it anyway, but it's noteworthy that it was shotgun. So it's 9-8, to eight, 45 seconds left in the half. Buffalo gets the ball back. Remember, they've already had two turnovers, and you're like, wow, that was a good use of timeouts. Maybe Buffalo can matriculate, get a field goal. No, first play, once again, Allen picked by Fabian Moreau. Washington great Fabian Moreau. <clears throat> Pardon me. That sets up a Lutz, a Lutz field goal, made it 15-8 to eight at the half. We go to the second half. Buffalo ends up with a fourth and one on their first drive at their own 48. Allen airmails Khalil Shakir. Uh, moving forward, still 15-8 to eight game. And this cracked me up about Joe Buck last night. You know, they couldn't they couldn't say enough. There's so many apologies for Josh Allen uh, endlessly. And this is a quote from Joe Buck. And it just proves he's a gunslinger. He knows he's a gunslinger. And then one second later, Allen then drops the ball before he hands it off to Cook. Fumble. Alex Singleton recovers. I'm just roaring in my apartment. Like, stop calling him a gunslinger. Stop making apologies for him. Uh, by the way, Denver did go up. That uh, Buffalo had made it 15-15 to 15, uh, at that point in the game earlier on a seven-play 54-yard drive. So 15-15, Denver uh, then matriculated the ball down the field, uh, and they got it to, out of short field after a Mims return. It's 21-15, Denver. They bobbled the snap on their PAT. Riley Dixon, the punter who was the holder, bobbled the snap, so they couldn't get the extra point that time. So 21-15. We go later in the game. Buffalo takes the lead late with 155 to go on a drive, Kelly, that featured zero passes. They finally cracked the code. Let's not throw the ball around the yard. Let's just give it to Cook every time. And Allen took it in from the uh, six. They go up 22 to 21. Remember, the two uh, missed, or the one uh, missed extra, uh, the one bobble now on that previous PAT haunting Denver at this point in the game. And then 47 seconds left, right? So Denver matriculate. Oh, by the way, this is a little point in the last drive. They're down a point. Denver gets it to the Buffalo 45 with 47 seconds left. Wilson to Adam Troutman for six, tackled by DeMar Hamlin. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, then after an Epinesa sack, Aaron Johnson runs right into Judy, 28 yards downfield on a severely underthrown pass. That sets up a Lutz 41-yard field goal, trying a quick change, uh, the old uh, fire drill to win it. No good. Bills win it. But no, 12 men on the field on defense, 36-yard attempt. Of course, that's perfect. Denver wins 24-22. So there's so much to discuss here. The first is survivor implications. Another 69 people got knocked out. 69 entries got knocked out of survivor. So heading now into week 11, the final tally through 10 weeks of Circus Survivor, 
there are only 609 entries left. Almost half the field, 47.18%, got knocked out this past week, mostly on, on Cincinnati, but also the Bills and the Ravens taken out a bunch. So 609 left after, out of the original 9,267 entries. Intrinsic value of each, $17,034.93. Intrinsic value of the 609, each of the 609 remaining. Congratulations to all. This will be an interesting week prior to Thanksgiving, how folks are going to navigate that. The other bigger things, well, one, the DeMar Hamlin tackle. Let's get that out of the way. Kelly, we said in the offseason, I screamed. He's coming back from almost dying on the field. He just has to show up, and he wins Comeback Player of the Year. You amended that. You said, no, he has to show up and make a play. Well, yesterday he made a play. Made, made a, play. a tackle. Made a tackle. He's now minus 200 in this. Jason Weingarten, who you know I love, and who came on here last week was like, why isn't John Mechie the favorite? He should be the, the favorite. We got in this whole thing. After the game last night, you know what he texted me? He's like, isn't that bad for Hamlin what just happened? Because they lost the game. I'm like, Jason, nobody's going to look at it that way. Nobody cares if it's a win or loss. He's going to win it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, he did say at the end, he goes, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah I think that's, you got to, I mean, when you're talking about his comeback, right, it's the throw out the wins and losses. I don't think it really matters. It did kind of crack me up how the, it was like Bucks, like Hamlin there on the tackle. It was like, it was, they it was made very, it, the moment was lost on them. Right, yeah, like it yeah. didn't. And I get you know, it was crunch time. But, it was it was crunch time. But a but sentence. They could have had a sentence. Could have had a sentence. And, yeah. and, and especially coming off of and when they played Cincinnati, what was that, a week ago? Two weeks ago? And it was we made a massive deal of it then, which obviously that made sense. It was the return uh to where that happened, and there was a video of him after the game, which was incredible. But yeah, I mean I think there was a lot of people um it may, maybe I'm just thinking this, but I think a lot of people, including myself, that were waiting for this moment. It was, get, wow, you get back at a game and you can actually make a play. And he did. He made a play. And I, th- this market's a little silly to me anyways. We discussed that last we, week. We discussed with, that. Yeah, when you're trying to yeah. handicap the voters and the voters don't even really know what they're, what they're selecting, this is tough to bet. But for it's me, be Hamlin. a tackle in that game last night, good enough. Oh, I should mention Josh Dobbs is now plus 475. He just keeps getting shorter. He <laughs> just, just keeps just getting just shorter. Just wanted to throw that in there. I, the, the why, why is thing. Baker Mayfield 15 to 1? Why is Aaron Rodgers? These are so we don't, need a, we don't need to yeah, belabor that anymore. But the bigger thing from yesterday, Kelly. This thing with the Bills and Josh Allen, where, you know, I, no one loves analytics more than me, but I'd like to think that, that listeners over time have realized that I'm sort of realistic about them, too. Like, I'm not one of these sacred analytics guys. And we have dear friends of ours, dear, you know, guests, who are lovely and, and come on the show and, and give us our time and insight. But this does remind me of Tom Brady's last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I remember there was a Megapod where we're talking like 9, 10, same, around the same amount of time into that season, where I remember screaming at Rufus, Rufus Peabody on the Megapod, because he still had Tampa Bay as like this elite team. And it's like, are, have you watched any of these games? By the way, the answer in Rufus' case might not have been <laughs> that he might not have. Right, yeah, exactly. But it's like this thing with the Bills... It's 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 over, man. Like, and, and yes, they've had defensive injuries. I'm not even blaming the Bills, but what I'm blaming are are folks who analyzed this season and still had the Bills up in their top five, or still were breathless to answer Josh Allen as the MVP before I could almost even get the sentence out. And I just feel like 
I don't know if it's the priors just hang around too long, but it is definitely from our handicapping perspective, something that we should always be aware of, that there does seem to be a team or team in certain years that linger with some folks. And Josh Allen, look, uh, for, listen, he 71 career interceptions, 71 career interceptions. That's the most in the NFL since 2018. This year, which is relevant to what we're talking about now, this year, 11 INTs, 13 total turnovers, both most in the NFL. He's not the MVP. He's just not. No, he's not. He, I, he might I, be so far away from that, it's not even funny. I love Josh Allen. Like I, I think I love him way more than most people, but he's always going to be a turnover-prone quarterback. Yes. That's going to happen. And we all, we've talked about the defensive injuries throughout the year. That like That's definitely a thing. But Josh Allen's banged up. He's banged up. It's not being talked about enough. He's not running the ball as much. In key moments last night, Josh Allen's not running the ball. They're going out of shotgun and throwing the ball. It's Those are the things that scare me, and I think may, maybe he's more injured than people know. It's not a knock on the guy. It's a knock on the analysis is what it is. We'll come back. Drew Densick joins us. It's a numbers game at Visa the Sports Betting Network. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hi, we got to take a break to talk about Zen nicotine pouches. We're always debating what a team needs to do to get to number one, but Zen nicotine pouches are already there. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. Find your Zen at your local convenience store or online at Zen.com. That's ZYN.com. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin, live from Bar Canada at the D in downtown Las Vegas numbers game. Uh, before we get back to Drew here, 
I want to point out something I said yesterday on the show, Kelly, which you uh, you reacted to with horror, and then you sort of ratcheted back, which is, I said the Vikings, they're better off with Josh Dobbs than they are with Kirk Cousins. And uh, you, uh, that's crazy. You went crazy. And then you're like, okay, it's not that crazy. Uh, yesterday, guy in cornfields on Twitter, I, got a, I was amused by this. He came out, he goes, he quotes me from the clip, and then he uh, he contacts the the uh, the was the awards that they the guy uh, the, the the what do we call those yeah, the, uh, the Mitchies the Mitchies right yep. that we do on on uh, that the gentleman does on online and he goes hands down the most preposterous statement of the year by a Vison host hands down then somebody asked him hey a uh, guy in cornfields what do you think the difference is the adjustment is between Cousins and uh, Dobbs and you know what his answer was for the most preposterous statement of the year by a Vison host. He said two points. <laughs> so I just want to point out it was because this was the this was the quantitative reflection of your initial reaction, followed by you ratcheting it back yeah. down. So we have to have a discussion. First of all, Guy in Cornfields, if that is your real name. Uh, one, we have to have a discussion about what, what the word preposterous means. Or two, your preposterous meter is way off. Or three, if you think the most preposterous thing is only two points, you pretty much think all V's and hosts are right in pocket with every statement we've ever made. This is that's pretty th- impressive. Th- this is just this is just the this is the Lions Chargers text message all conversation. <laughs> that's all right. Over again. That's right. It's like what are we arguing about? I mean, then? yes, I mean, yes, I'm going to stand by and say that I think Cousins is is a much is a better co- which, quarterback and gives them a much com- better chance to win. Completely reasonable. Than Josh Dobbs. But yes, we're talking something like that. I did. We, that's, a, that's an honest disagreement. Yeah, which we're allowed to have. But don't sit here and tell me it's preposterous because apparently by your numbers is not. Drew Densick joins us again at whale underscore capper on the old Twitter or the old X machine. Uh, he joins us once again from Long Beach. What did you learn? Well, first of all, I don't know if you want to comment on that. But uh, you were you were talking about that you might have a play on that on 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 the Buffalo game. Uh, based on last night's, you know, what you saw last night between Buffalo and Denver, you think Buffalo's giving too many points? Do you have a? Th- Let's get into all these games. Let's start with that one, and we'll get to Denver and uh, Minnesota after that. But Buffalo and the Jets, you commented on. You're taking the points with the Jets. Is that what we got out of that? I mean, my numbers say that seven is ridiculous, but uh, I need to kind of before firing on that here a little bit about how the how the Jets defenders are dealing with the um, the fact that Robert Saul is sticking to his guns uh, defending Zach Wilson. Yes, he um, is. This is this is this is a swirling uh, miasma of uh, potential quidditch <laughs> that uh, I, I got. I just got to I just got to make sure I'm not on the Jets the week where they quit. And so I, I you know, I kind of need to hear some of the leaders in the rock locker room this week talk. I need to see the, what the injury report looks like, who's getting time off and uh, and uh, and get a better read there. But, um, you know, the Jets defense is still playing at an absolutely level like they're off the charts right now these last four weeks in terms of EPA per drop back. And if uh, you know, you got now Josh Allen on a short week. Uh, he's already struggled with the Jets defense in the blind. Uh, and now you're asking him to go potentially banged up on a you know short rest uh, and go into the teeth of that defense is, is not a great setup. Uh, it's not to say the Bills can't win, but seven points uh, feels like uh, you're, you're asking a lot out of that team in their current form. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's 
possible that uh, some of the players that were missing, like Micah Hyde and, you know, some of the, uh, you know, some of the uh, depth on the defensive side of the ball are going to be available. So they might look a little bit better. I need to need to find out what's going on with Hyde and Benford before firing on that one. Okay. I just want to point out swirling miasma of Quidditch might be the greatest phrase <laughs> yeah, I, ever used on this yeah, show. I, uh, sorry, my, my Florida State English degree still led me to uh, have to go, uh, Google that I, what a miasma Drew, was. I heard nothing after that. I just wanted to point out. <laughs> Phenomenal. Well, you've been, you've you've seen you've seen this before, right? Yeah. yeah. Like you have. Yes. This, you have two. You have an offense and a defense that are on polar opposites right now, where totally. the defense is performing at a clear top three level, and the offense is performing at a clear bottom three level, mm-hmm. and it's like. How long can you play that hard <laughs> when you're like your other side of the, you know, the other side of the ball is just giving you no hope of winning. Like, it's not a good feeling. I, you know, you're, you're obviously there's a lot of, you know, you're playing for a lot of other things like, you know, future contracts and pride and all that stuff, I guess. But, uh, you know, at some point at some you know, time in this season, the Jets defense is going to have a letdown performance just because they're sick of it. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, I don't want to be on the that day. Uh, what about the other team that played last night? Uh, Broncos are, and this has come my way since guessing lines. Uh, I was incredulous that the, uh, I thought the wrong team was favored, but the Broncos are down to as low as a one. I'm seeing one and a half now mm-hmm. consensus, but down to as low as a one point favorite now at home Sunday night against the Josh Dobbs led Vikings. Any thoughts on that game? Yeah, that looks like Vikings to me. Um, and your point about Dobbs is interesting to talk about because, um, like beyond just the fact that he brings a mobile element, uh, which is pretty important in considering how defenses are scheming plan a in the NFL right now. Um, he's, he's a T he brings an absolute, uh, you know, kind of war chest of tendency breakers because you don't really know what the Minnesota offense is going to try to look like now. Right. right. You knew it with Kirk cousins. Like Mm -hmm. he was a very static entity. There wasn't anything dynamic that Kevin O'Connell was going to roll out on a given week and surprise you with the way that they were going to try to win a football game. But with Dobbs, it is a little bit more uncertain. And there's certainly, you know, tape on Dobbs that is not good this year. And, you know, he is a kind of a bigger, a broader distribution in terms of potential outputs on a given day. But, um, you know, the fact that he is able to generate something on the ground, I think is pretty important because, um, you know, for what it was worth, like the rushing attack for the Vikings was pretty pathetic so far this season. And so if your defense is cheating and kind of giving that, you know, you have fewer guys in the box and you're, you're, you're more, um, you know, you know, spread downfield that opens up a lot of lanes for him to, to wreak havoc. So, um, you know, he could have a nice little stretch here where he is just performing at a a superb level. And I think uh, Kevin O'Connell deserves a ton of credit for the way he's utilizing him so far. So now if I had to play on that Minnesota Denver game, I would, uh, I would take the points with Denver right now. And actually I'd probably look for money line because you're, you're betting on a high variance player in Dobbs and, uh, he's either going to, uh, you know, have, have a day where, you know, he really flexes and they win or, you know, he's going to be the reason they lose. And it's not going to be by, by a small margin. I, I I guess I'm not sold really on what I saw from the Denver defense last night and Russell Wilson, even in the win, um, that there were a lot of, there was a lot of signal there of, of things aren't exactly right. Um, you know, kind of looking specifically at what Sean Payton was asking Russell Wilson to do, you know, matched up against that defense. That's not a good sign. I'm totally with you. You said take the points with Denver. You meant take the points with Minnesota. I'm sorry. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm Minnesota or pass on that one. And I, I'm realistically, I would, I would look for a money line considering the high variance nature of the Minnesota quarterback. What uh, did you land on for this week? What did you bet? <clears throat> so far, only thing, two things bet. Uh, one of them is Pittsburgh plus four. And this isn't even really believing in my, my guy, Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, who's just done just a supremely <laughs> outstanding job at the head coaching position. So far this Propaganda season. alert, everybody. <laughs> uh, this isn't even a bet on the Steelers being underrated. This is, uh, you know, some, decent chance that uh, this is not a Deshaun Watson game. This is PJ Walker. I think this, uh, this line implodes. So I took four just kind of waiting for that news to trickle into the market. Um, and then uh, I took three and a half with Green Bay against the LA chargers. Um, speaking of like the market, not being able to correctly rate a quarterback in a team correctly. Like pff, the chargers are really three and a half point favorites on the road, oh, man. Uh, this is a tough, tough, tough one to get my head wrapped around this chargers defense is rating as poorly as any defense in the NFL right now. And, uh, for what it's worth, Jordan love has put together a couple of decent performances, uh, despite the fact that he finished the game against the Steelers with two picks, like he's playing a lot more comfortably and the game is starting to slow down from a bit. And maybe my, you know, maybe Matt floor is just kind of figuring out exactly how he wants to push the buttons. But, um, the Chargers kind of getting by on their pass rush almost exclusively on defense. And they're now up against a, a meaning, you know, a decent offensive line that's at full strength. So uh, I think Green Bay has a chance to win that game. And I took the three and a half points. Love that Drew went into uh, when we were kids. And uh, there was like a very special episode of different strokes, like the one where they sold drugs in school. The promo <laughs> would be like on a very special episode of different strokes. Drew went into the, the Mike Tom holding a Mike Tomlin ticket. He's like a phenomenal <laughs> tremendous job of coaching just uh, <laughs> i mean what you know when a co when a team is is getting this many points on turnovers and just n refuses to turn over the ball and you know they, they're getting beat on yardage week in week out but they just keep compiling <laughs> wins i mean you, it, 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 the buck stops with the head coach and i think we just have to we just have to respect uh, what he's what he's what he's bringing to the table for this team this year he's keeping them together drew 10 seconds what are your nba plays tonight 10 seconds uh, I got. Uh, uh, I don't actually haven't been any NBA tonight. Oh, okay. But, uh, there you go. Uh, there it is. It, it's uh, t Timberwolves over the Warriors is what I'm waiting for on the Steph Curry news. Oh, what you're waiting for on the say again? Steph, Steph, Steph Curry news. Steph Curry think, news. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Steph's gonna play tonight. So I think uh, Timberwolves are, are a go. But uh, I'd like to know that for sure. Thank you, Drew. We're coming back. Heisman talk next. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI, and see which VSIN expert has the hot hand for VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Sign up today for only $19 for your first month at VSIN.com slash it's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin live from Bar Canada at the D. And ladies and gentlemen, his name is Pete Futak. You can follow him on Twitter at Pete Futak. That's F-I-U-T-A-K. He is the founder, the emperor, the creator of collegefootballnews.com. He joins us now from the heartland. How you doing, Pete? I'm fine. How are you doing? Doing very well. I got a couple questions for you. One, let's talk about the Heisman. Let's, go. let's talk about the Heisman. Yeah. We, were, we were doing a little blind resume earlier, and the blind resume um, points to Jaden Daniels. You're a Heisman voter. There's about a bajillion of you. Um, and I was making the case that, hey, the Heisman voters aren't like NFL analytics voters. It's trending towards more yeah. analytics folks. And as y'all are just going to look at the win-loss column and say, Jaden Daniels in LSU has three losses, and no one will particularly care that none of that ha- is Jaden Daniels' fault. Is that an accurate assessment? And who right now, if you could blink twice and sort of code it for us, might be, might be your Heisman winner? At the moment, you're right, you're down right because the, the Heisman's a weird animal. Because remember, I, I, I fought this a couple years ago. Remember when like Trevor Lawrence was out for a little while, his stats weren't that great, and, and yet he still earned, got like second or third because everyone's like, oh, it goes to the best player. Well, that's the that's the NFL draft. The best actual player goes. That's what the draft is for to kind of sort that thing out. My attitude's always. Who is the signature guy in the college football season? Who's the combination of MVP, MOP? Who is the guy who said, yeah, that's the 2023 season? Stat-wise, if you look at the 2016 Lamar Jackson season, that's what Jaden Daniels is doing, except he's more accurate. So stat-wise, it's Daniel. Because like you said, he's been brilliant, but it helps that that defense is awful, and he has to keep bombing away. But he also gets the, the benefit that people are watching him play. My continued belief that no one actually has the Pac-12 network or nobody actually watch Pac-12 games is continuing because really it should be Penix or Knicks at this point because their teams are in the in the uh, national championship mix and Daniels is is it is it Jaden's fault? No, 
But that's kind of part of this whole scenario here where long-winded way of saying right now, I would say that the momentum is with Daniels because he's been more spectacular and everyone watched him coming up. Let's see what Penix does against Oregon state. Let's see what he does down against Washington state. Let's see what he does in the PAC 12 championship, especially if it's Penix versus Knicks for the PAC 12 title and a spot in the college football playoffs. So right now Penix, Knicks and uh, Daniels would probably be in the top three in some order. There's a lot of Marvin Harrison love in there. If he rocks against Michigan and Ohio state beats Michigan because of Marvin Harrison jr. I think he's really in that mix as well, uh, except his stats just aren't there like a Devonte Smith's were. Uh, so that's probably it. JJ McCarthy. No, there's going to be too many people who aren't going to vote for him because it's Michigan right now. And everyone's anti-Michigan. And I don't think anybody knows who Jordan Travis is really outside of, Oh yeah, he's that guy from Florida state. So uh, like you said, Jaden Daniels at the moment, just cause he's that hype guy. But to me, he's not the signature guy this season yet until we see how this plays out with Oregon and Washington. All right. Well, you anticipated my Marvin Harrison question. Does he have a shot? So, okay. There's my answer. Yeah, um, absolutely. has a shot. Yeah, yeah he, he does. If he, if he rolls against Michigan, absolutely. He has a shot. Okay. The other big thing obviously is uh, who ultimately will get into the last four team playoff. We have two more regular season weeks. And then of course we have conference championships. Um, with the Ohio State Michigan game looming, that will knock out one undefeated. So, yep. give me a give me a few tack percentage on the chance that we will end up that this will be the easiest thing ever for the committee that we will end up with four undefeateds, knowing that we have Georgia Alabama in front of us, that we have Washington having to play Oregon State here this week. You know, just to, as a beginner, right? Let alone a Pac-12 championship. Do you think this works out that cleanly, or do you think the committee's going to have to make a decision about a one-loss team and who's the it best of those? It always does. It always does. But here, here's the crazy part about this thing. And we're in a historic season right now. It, we have never, in the whole history of college football, the 150 blah, whatever years it's been, we've never had five teams of power five caliber level. And you're including the big East back in the day and the, the five power five ish teams at 10 and 0. it's never happened before. We yeah. had a lot of four and oh, a lot of that. We've never had this before. And oh, so by, and oh, by the way, and, and oh, by the way, cousin to the conversation, we also have James Madison, right? And Liberty that are also undefeated. So it's really, it's seven, not that they're in this conversation, but it's seven. Like we've never had that before ever. No, we've had, we've had, yes, we've had a bunch of those where we've had like the, the outlier teams, like a Tulane or somebody like that who does that. But we're talking about the team. I mean, Liberty's, Liberty hasn't played a power five team yet. James Madison played one and it struggled against it. So be right there. That's amazing too. But in terms of the college football playoff, those two are out of it. So in terms of the college football playoff, we've never had five. So we're already in uncharted territory here. The biggest question mark, the, the only, let's say it goes chalk for the most part, the rest of the way you're right. Then it's totally easy. Four undefeated Power Five Conference champions, Dream World. We've never had that before. It's it would be a great, the best tournament ever, and all that, blah blah blah. So that's the easy part. The curveball here is going to be Alabama because if Alabama wins out, let's say they win the whole thing, now you got a question mark here because let's say we do have, uh, let's say Florida State goes thirteen. By the way, Florida State cannot lose or else it's in trouble in this thing. We get a Big Ten champion who's 13 and 0. We get a Florida State who's 13 and 0. And then what happens if Alabama beats Georgia? Because if that happens, Georgia would get in, or I'm sorry, uh, Alabama would get in over Georgia. 
if Texas goes 12 and one, it's not above the committee to say, yeah, you know, Alabama's playing better. We're putting them in and not Texas, but they can't because Texas won at Alabama by 10. So in that scenario, you get the big 10 champion, Florida state, you get Alabama and you get Texas 12 and one Texas who gets in. However, if Georgia beats Alabama, then if Oregon beats Washington, then it's a fight. We have obvious three teams and then uh, the Oregon, Texas argument. And in that scenario, I think Texas is out. So if you're Texas, you want Alabama to win out right now because you've got you need a little bit of help in this. Texas, which has not been playing nearly as well as Alabama down the stretch of this season. Um, there are some folks who have some Alabama futures who are still feeling frisky with it. They really do. They should be. Yeah. They, they should. They, they, they look, again, we've talked about this before. You know, it's coming from me. You know, I'm Mr. You know, Power Five snub. No. is not great. We, we, we have to remember that the, the, the SEC is the last among Power Five teams against power five conferences against other power five conferences and non-conference play. So we have to kind of judge this a little bit differently, but I think the committee at the end of the day cannot take Alabama if it doesn't take Texas who beat Bama. Okay. What about this weekend in college football? What are your favorite bets? Speaking of historic crazy things, we have hit something that hasn't happened in a long time. It happened a while ago and now it's really kicking in hard. The double digit conference home dog. It was 70% over a couple weeks span. And now after last week, it went three and two defying all logic and reason. You get a couple of stompings in there. Like Alabama destroyed uh, Kentucky. And then the complete anomaly of Hawaii beats air force, you know? So it's kind of defying a lot of logic and reason because we're in the dog days of the finishing kick here, the double digit home dogs and combined with, we have not had the reason we have all these 10 teams. We are way overdue for a crazy upset. You're way overdue for 1993 Boston College over over Notre Dame or something that is outside the box here. So speaking of Texas, it's not a double-digit home dog, but it's kind of not bad. I like Iowa State to cover at the very least against Texas because we are, way again, way overdue. I thought it was going to be Utah last week. Didn't happen. So take this with a little bit of grain of salt. The other double-digit home dogs. Michigan and Maryland. I don't think that's one of them, but 19's a lot to be given away right now to Michigan, who that team seems like it acted like it was a little fried at the end of that Penn State game, like a little stress, bit of stress release. And maybe Penn State's not that great. BYU, awful. At home, though, in Provo, different animal usually against Oklahoma. 24 and a half is a lot to be given away to this Sooner team. It's a tad bit flaky. Tennessee, I know this is a different team at home. They've been awful on the road, great at home, helps that they've played bad teams at home. But Georgia, again, waiting for a little bit of a stumble. I'm not saying Georgia's going to lose this, but 10 and a half at home. If Tennessee can get that running game going at all, that's a lot of points to be given away. And the one I actually really do like, because historically, I know it doesn't matter. You can't go back by like four or five years ago, but. This is the time of year when an Oregon type team heads down to Arizona and blows it. Oregon's got to go to Arizona state. Who's playing shockingly well now in Arizona state giving away 23. I like that as well. So I love all these home dogs. All right. Washington, Oregon state. I need a one word answer. Washington would have been a two word answer for Oregon state, but it goes Washington. So I kind of, I kind of hemmed Dude, it I, in. That's why I had to do it. Thing. I, <laughs> I kind of hemmed you in. Thank you, Pete. Appreciate it.
Later, Gil. Pete Futek at Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. We'll do our NFL power ratings on the other side. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.